0: fringe spirit not your love and light podcast thank you for joining me once again and today we're going to get into empowerment standing in your power taking your power back. what does that mean what does that look like why it is so very vital to growing through our human experience So for me personally I believe, Finding our power, taking our power back, standing in our power, being the most empowered version of ourselves is extremely vital to growing spiritually, growing emotionally, growing mentally, evolving and raising our vibration and getting to the next point in our spiritual evolution. I feel like the human species as a whole has been extremely, extremely disempowered for such a long time. And right now, we're at a time where we're getting rid of that. We're getting rid of the disempowerment and we're taking our power back. However, it it can be a lot, especially if you've lived a lot of lifetimes as a human in a very disempowered way. Okay, so what does it look like to... Be to be standing in your power, right? So first of all, our our power center, one of our you know very vital chakras, is our solar plexus, right here, right in our gut, and it's the color yellow, and it's that is our power center. That is our, our relationship with ourself. That's our confidence, our self esteem. So to be standing in our power essentially means we have a beautifully healed and beaming and perfectly functioning solar plexus chakra they absolutely go hand in hand it's very easy to tell if someone is giving their power away by the status of their solar uh, solar plexus chakra so to be standing in your power means you are confident. Not necessarily cocky, not arrogant, but you are confident. You know who you are. You know what you want. You trust yourself. You believe in yourself. You, you have strong boundaries and You feel okay with that, right? You're not feeling guilty for having those strong boundaries. You trust yourself and you trust the universe, which means when you have that ability to trust in yourself and the bigger energies that are, that exist, right? Whatever you want to call it, God, universe, source, it gives you have then the ability to surrender. If you have a hard time releasing control and surrendering, there's a, there's a, ch- you know, you're not fully empowered. You are very intuitive and you listen to and follow your intuition, that gut feeling. A lot of us, we all have those feelings, but a lot of us, Ignore them because we are programmed to not listen to it or we don't trust it, whatever the case may be. But when you're not following and trusting your intuition, it is a sign of being disempowered. So when you are very empowered, you're trusting your gut, you're trusting your intuition. You... You can manifest so easily when, when you know who you are, you know what you want and you're confident and you trust and all of these things, you can manifest amazingly, right? And who, who would not want to manifest everything that they want, right? The part of standing in your power is knowing that you are a creator. We're all creators. We all have the ability to create to create the life that we want, to to create the 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 feelings and emotions how we want to feel, right? We get to create everything that comes into our lives you know, who we choose to meet, you know, what the energy we're putting out there is what we're going to get back, right? So, when we are in a very disempowered place, we're not going to attract the things that are going to make us feel good, right? Whereas if we are standing in our power, we're going to bring things into our life that really just affirm that sovereignty and that power, right? So, trusting our intuition and which also means sometimes saying, fuck the rules and the bullshit. Fuck what society has told me I can and can't do or what religion told me I can and can't do or my parents told me I can and can't do, right? It's knowing that anything and everything is possible and that you have the ability to, to make that happen, to create it, to become it, to embody whatever version of yourself that you want to embody right? That is empowerment. That is standing in your power. And very few people are truly, fully standing in their power. And it's not to any fault of their own. It's a big part of the human experience, right? Okay. So, signs that you are maybe giving your power away in some areas of your life, right? Again, back to the solar plexus. So, some of the physical things with the solar plexus, again, it's in general discomfort in that specific area of your body. So maybe mid back pain, gut issues like heartburn and digestion or digestive issues, you know, ulcers in your stomach, eating disorders, issues with your weight, things like that kind a lot of your physical nausea big time nausea for sure. That was a big one for me. That was a, a very telltale sign for me. And then as far as actions, the way that you're acting, right? (laughs) People-pleasing. If you are a people-pleaser right? Where you will do whatever needs to be done to make someone else happy. You it doesn't matter if you want to. It doesn't matter if it's going to affect you negatively. It doesn't matter if you have the capacity to or not, right? Maybe you're drained. You had the longest week ever and your kids are going crazy. It was a long week at work and you're so excited for the weekend. And then a friend calls you up and says, hey, I need this favor. And... When you're giving your power away, you're saying, I'm going to choose to do what they need me to do because I'm a people pleaser and I'm going to ignore my own needs. My own needs being, I need to fucking relax. I need some me time, right? So it's people pleasing, which also like aligns with poor boundaries, right? Because that's a boundary issue. It's totally a boundary issue. It's choosing to let other people kind of dictate what you're going to do, you know, good boundaries are, I do not have the capacity to help you right now. I am so sorry, right? And then not feeling guilty about it, right? So again, maybe you are working through your boundaries and you are working, you know, you've recognized your people-pleasing ways and you're working through it. But when you're still feeling that guilt over not doing it, you know, that doesn't mean that you haven't done work, but it does mean that there's still some work to do and we're all there. I totally, I still feel guilty when I say no. I struggle to say no, absolutely. So when you hate confrontation and you avoid it at all costs. So your mother, you know, just Pissed you off or has a habit of pissing you off or being disrespectful or whatever the case may be. And because you hate confrontation so much, you never say anything. You just take it. You're a doormat. You're a doormat, right? Right. Again, been there. (laughs) When you let people walk all over you and you are too scared to say anything because you hate confrontation, you hate that uncomfortable feeling, you don't want to get yelled at, you don't want to disappoint other people, you don't want to make them upset, right? Sometimes it's solely because we don't want to make them upset, which is absolutely insane because what we're doing is just making ourselves upset. Again, we're choosing other people's needs over our own. Another area of disempowerment that can be as, you know, extremely religious or certain spiritual beliefs that are very rigid, that do not leave room for your own interpretation, right? If you are in a religion or a belief system where you have to abide by these rules And if you don't, then you're bad or you get kicked out of the group or whatever, ostracized, whatever. You know, when when we have these rules in place that do not allow room for us to seek within and seek bigger, right? We all have the ability to connect with all of the divine information and knowledge that exists out there to source to God. If you are in a belief system that tells you you're not good enough to do that, you can't do that, only this person can do that, or only they can do that, right? that is so disempowering. If you want to go talk to God, you can go talk to God. If you want to talk to Jesus, you can talk to Jesus. You don't need to be a certain person. You don't need to be a certain level. You don't need to pay a certain amount of money, any of those things, right? And, and it transfers into the to the um, spiritual world as well. There's It's not just your structured religions. There's a lot of spiritual communities that are just as disempowering, that are all about these rules. And if you don't follow these rules, you are wrong and you have to follow these steps. There is no right and wrong. There are no specific ways things necessarily have to be done. And any system or belief or anything that is telling you that you cannot access knowledge or you cannot use your metaphysical abilities or anything like that, or you're going to go to hell if you do, disempowering, extremely disempowering. Again, other signs of you're giving your power away. Confidence issues, self-esteem issues, you know, when you are not confident and you're very self-conscious about every little thing, whether it's your personal appearance or your weight or you know, anything physical, right? Your teeth, your hair, your your face, your your body, your any any component, or the way you talk, or your intelligence, or you know, what do people think about me, or do they hate me, are they judging me? When you're so worried about every little thing, you're giving your power away. Codependence, another one. If you, this is a big one. If you end up in a, if you find that you are so codependent in the way of, A, you need someone with you at all times, or you don't want to do anything alone, Or you don't know how to make decisions for yourself and you rely on other people to make decisions for you, whether it's other people or maybe you're very in the spiritual world and you're relying on spirit to give you the answers and tell you what to do. When you're seeking, when you're waiting for other people, beings, energies to tell you what to do to control your life for you, you, when you thrive in an environment where you are controlled, you're so giving your power away and such a, you know, really sad way because it's 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 a deep one and it's a difficult one to get out of when you're when you're in that place. So codependence and reliance on others and, and it's not a bad thing to to let others support you, right? That's absolutely not what I'm saying. That is not a bad thing. But when you are paralyzed at the thought of making your own decisions, you're giving your power away. Um, fearful. If you are a very fearful person, that's another one. If you are in fear of everything, I'm scared if I quit this job and start this job. I'm scared if I'm in, and it's, it's okay to be hesitant and be unsure of the outcome. But if you find that you're living in a place of fear all the time, Fear of spirit, fear of your partner, fear of your parents, fear of what someone's going to think of you, fear of how someone's going to react, you know, fear of what's going to happen tomorrow, fear of, you know, am I going to die if I get in the car today? You know, fear in general is a huge disempowering thing, which is also a big part of what keeps us as humanity as a whole so disempowered because we are... Fear is promoted everywhere, right? You turn the news on, fear. You know, you wherever you go, people are speaking about the the terrible things that happen. No one's talking about the good stuff. They're only talking about the bad stuff that puts you in a place of fear, right? So if you're very, very fearful very often, you're giving your power away. If you are a perfectionist, uh, this is another one. It's another sign that you are giving your power away. You, you know, if it's not perfect, it's not good enough, right? It's a, it, it has that overlap with self-esteem because it's a self-esteem issue. It's a confidence issue that I have to be perfect or I'm not good enough, right? That, that creates that kind of perfectionist uh, way of thinking. And then, again, when you hold on to a lot of guilt and shame, that, you know, if you feel guilty when you say no... You know, if you feel shame over something that happened like 10 years ago that like no one else even remembers, or shame over some of the thoughts that you have, you know, again, it's very solar plexus. It's very much about your personal power and giving your power away. So as a whole, if you haven't picked it up already, a lot of giving your power away has to do with how you feel about yourself, so, what does that mean? That means that there's a lot of healing that needs to be done related to how you feel about yourself. So, first, it can be the one of the... An easier way to go about it is to think about, you know, in what areas am I giving my power away? Because it may not be... Every area of your life that you're giving your power away. You could be very, very empowered and say your career. You're super confident. You know what you bring to the table. You don't take shit. But then maybe in your romantic relationship, you're a doormat, right? So it can be good to address the areas, right? Is it, are you giving your power away in the relationships in your life, right? So maybe like your romantic relationship. Are you the person who's always looking to the other to make the decisions? Are you, do you let them tell you what to do? Do you let them control a lot of the aspects about your life? Right? Or, you know, is it a family member? Maybe you have a very narcissistic family member. And, you know, when you have any sort of dynamic relationship with a narcissist who gaslights you, it, Absolutely. I mean you don't trust yourself. they they brainwash you almost into being codependent and almost thriving and being controlled by them, right they they make it seem as though like they they hold your confidence and they dangle it in front of you and say, okay, if you do this then then you're oh good, 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 you did what I told you and then you feel good. you feel good only when they allow you to feel good, right? It is the most disempowering relationship dynamic anyone can have. So where do you find that you are in these narcissistic relationships? So potentially relationships with others, right? Then you have your relationship with yourself. A lot of us gaslight ourselves, right? We tell ourselves, no, you can't do that. You're not good enough. Or you can't wear that. You're not skinny enough. Or... You know, who are you fooling? You're not pretty enough. He's not going to want to date you, right? We we tell ourselves we gaslight ourselves all the time. Or, you know, if you make this decision, it's going to be wrong because every time you make decisions, you're wrong, right? These sometimes are the thoughts we have in our heads. And sometimes we're gaslighting ourselves. And sometimes we are our own biggest enemy. And so sometimes it's truly solely just the relationship with ourselves. So then maybe another area could be like your career. So You know, do you get walked all over by your boss? Do you get under, are you underpaid and you know it, but you're too scared to say anything about it because you're scared you'll get fired and then you're scared you won't find another job because you don't believe in yourself and you don't believe in the abundance that you, that is around you that you can absolutely tap into to get the ideal perfect job, right? If you're living in that lack mindset and you're letting yourself be a doormat at your job, Again, that that could be another area. So maybe in your personal relationships you're great, but at work, you don't have the confidence. You you don't feel like you can stand up and say, you know, I I deserve a raise and this is why. Or when you, you know, get a job offer and you say, "No, I want 10 grand more." Right? If you don't feel like you can say that and and back it with reasons why, you know, you're giving your power away in that area. So Finding kind of maybe the areas where you're giving your power away can be super helpful. And what it all comes down to, right? So what do we do? What do you, How do you actually take your power back and stand in your power? So again, it really does come back to shadow work. It comes back to facing and confronting and healing and then integrating your shadow. So when you can kind of find those areas... Then it comes to, and you know, this goes deep into shadow work. So maybe you recognize it with a parent and you realize, okay, I'm definitely giving my power away to my dad or my mom. Then you just, you really, you have to trace it back. So you have, there's always going to be inner child healing work. 100% of the time there will be inner child work. If your solar plexus is off, I 99.999999999% chance you're going to have to confront and work with your inner child. And a lot of times, you know, you might have to reparent your inner child, but it's about finding, finding what happened. Like how, why are you a people pleaser? Right? Did you only get attention as a kid when you were doing what someone else wanted them to do, wanted you to do? you know, did that where did you get attention only when you got straight A's? Is that why you're a perfectionist? Did you get up, you know, get praised for your looks? And so your your worth is very tied to your physical appearance. You know, what comments were made when you were a kid that you picked up on that maybe you even overheard that weren't even said directly to you, right? if if your mom is standing and looking in the mirror and saying, "Oh, I'm so fat as a kid, you're going like it's going to affect you in that way where you're gonna have this attachment to physical, you know, image and your body as part of your worth. You know, if your parents fall all the time and you observed it and, you know, maybe your dad wasn't so good to your mom, you're you're going to see that that is normal and you're going to pretend and you see that mom stays with dad, even though dad's abusive or dad's narcissistic or dad is just emotionally abusive, right? And it kind of creates that, you know, okay, well, that's a normal relationship and it's okay to be controlled and et cetera, et cetera. There's so, I mean, the potentials are limitless and that's where you truly have to do the work. You have to confront your inner child and your your shadow and really start to work through that. So, in addition to the inner child work and, you know, and this this takes years. This is not an overnight thing because first you have to figure out what the thing is. And sometimes it happens through meditation, right? You can do a meditation to find what created this programming, right? The programming being I'm not worthy because, you know, I I'm my worth is based on my physical appearance or my worth is based on my academic scores or my worth is based on the status of my career and my job you know things like that or you know maybe you were you know grew up in a very religious uh, family and there was a lot of conversation and teachings about oh no 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 if you don't follow these rules you're going to go straight to hell you better apologize to god for that and sometimes, you know, especially when the, the rules that you're following, maybe you don't even agree with. And, you know, that type of thing. That's it. And then it creates this programming of this is wrong and this is right. And breaking free of that kind of requires going back to your, your childhood where the place that you were when these things were created and you, and you change it. You clear that energy. You heal your inner child. And then you have to work through the day to day programming, right? It's not clear cut and, and you just heal your inner child and now you're good. You have to recognize when you're feeling triggered, right? When you're feeling like, the, when you're feeling the urge to you have a big de- you have a decision to make and you're feeling the urge to ask your partner, ask your mom, ask someone else or or maybe you've come up with a decision, maybe it's um, should I move? And you've decided, okay, I'm gonna move here, right? I did my healing. I worked with my inner child. This is where I want to to move, and this is why I have all these reasons. It feels right. I'm trusting my gut, et cetera, et cetera. But then you ask, then you talk to mom about it, and mom's like, "Are you fucking crazy?" And then you're like, "Okay, I guess I'm not gonna move then, right?" So when you find yourself tempted to kind of revert back to those old patterns, that's when you have to flip it, and that's, I mean. This is just a brief overview of of working with, you know, the shadow and reprogramming and all of that. But, But in addition to the inner child work, there's also past lives. And that's where it gets really, really convoluted and difficult because if you've had a lot of lifetimes on earth as a human being where, you know, if you have a pattern of disempowerment then there's a lot that has to get cleared right this goes back to karma the you know you can go listen to the whole uh episode on karma but it's then having to kind of clear you know find all of the reasons why perhaps you are disempowered right maybe maybe you have a lot of lifetimes of you know slavery type of idea where you don't have freedom where you know literally Everyone else's needs come before yours. And so now you just, you. I don't know why I feel this way. I just, I always feel like I have to do everything for everybody else and I'm always going to come last, right? Because everyone else's needs are more important than mine. So, or, you know, maybe it's, again, the witch wound where you were tapped into your metaphysical abilities, you were a healer, you were a seer, you were a mystic, you know, whatever the hell you did. And you got persecuted for it. And so then that creates this, again, fear to tap into all of that. But and again, it's that disempowerment where, you know, I do not feel safe to be confident and stand in my power and do what I'm here to do, right? So connecting with some of those past lives can really, you know, help to clear out some of that baggage and that energy. So then, if you kind of shift to more of the energetic standpoint, right? So if you, you know, are working through, you know, using your metaphysical abilities and healing yourself, right? We should all heal ourselves energetically. Of course, you can go to a healer and they can work on you, but you should never rely on a healer. Again, if you're relying on your healer, you're giving your power away to them. If you're saying I can't heal myself, only my Reiki master can heal me. That's lit that is so disempowering. You're giving your power away to your Reiki master. So, realizing that we can do these things for ourselves and that doesn't mean to not get help. You know, especially at the beginning. But if you are working with a teacher or a healer and they are telling you things like You know, you can't do this or you have to go through these certain steps in order to do this. That's super disempowering. The, a a good, you know, kind of teacher or mentor or healer to work with are the ones who are going to teach you how to do everything yourself. Because at the end of the day, that's what we should be doing. Is it great to receive help? Yes. That doesn't mean we have to be independent 100% of the time and do everything for ourselves. But knowing that you can do everything yourself is so empowering because we can. We can. I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. You can heal your chakras. You can heal your aura. You can pull your own cords, right? So, another way that we can kind of find where we're giving our power away is by actually looking into our solar plexus. So, if you're very clairvoyant, then you're using vision. You're using sight. If you are very clairaudient, then you're listening to what comes up. So, a little technique that that you could use is: so get yourself in a good relaxed space, right? Take some deep breaths, make the intention of I'm going to connect with my higher self and we release my ego, and just find get yourself relaxed. It doesn't need to be a super deep meditative state. And then make your focus or ask your higher self: show me my solar plexus chakra. And look at it. What does it look like? Is it muddy? Is it like a mustardy color? Is it bright yellow? Is it moving? It should be moving at a good speed, not too fast, not too slow. And if you're not sure, so this is what I, what I did. I didn't learn from anyone, right? I learned from my spirit guides, my higher self, you know, thing, you know, other beings that have come to me. I haven't worked with other, hu- I haven't learned from other humans, I should say, at least incarnated humans. Ask them, you know, what what it should my solar plexus chakra look like? So if you're if you can see it, if you're visual and you're not sure, is this good? Is this bad? Ask what it should look like, and then how do I get from here to here? If this is what it should look like, and this is where you're at, you know, ask your higher self, show me, guide me on how to get from here to here, on how to heal it, and how to get it where I want it to be. Then you want to look at the backside of it. And this is something I don't think everyone thinks about: is looking at the backside of it. So our chakras, you know, we could, you know we see diagrams and we kind of think of them as this very like two D structure, but they're not. They're three D. They're more like a ball. And so while you can, while it's accessible in the front, it's accessible in the back as well. And the thing with the back, the back tends to be that I have found with the people that I've worked with the status of the back tends to be where you're giving your power away, right? Your your front tends to be a lot of how you feel about yourself. And the back tends to be a cord with your narcissistic mother that's pulling right all, all the energy right out of the backside of your solar plexus. So if maybe the front is good and you're feeling like, I am pretty confident. I'm confident in my job. I think I'm a you know I'm a good person. You know, I look in the mirror and I'm not hating it. You know, you're you're not feeling like I'm you're lacking confidence necessarily. But maybe you do have poor boundaries. Or, you know, maybe you're still feeding into some of the the energies, the people in your life who are trying to take your power away. Right? The narcissists in your life, those, you know, type of people. So when you look at the backside of your solar plexus chakra, it can be so telling. And so, okay, maybe you're not visual. Again, make that intention of bring my focus, bring me to the backside of my solar plexus chakra. And maybe you're not visual, and maybe you can hear things. Maybe you hear conversations between you and your mother when you were a kid. Maybe it just feels Gross, like you feel like you want to throw up. It just feels heavy, you know. Whatever the case may be, if you're very, some people are very, you know, you sense it through your body. Like that's heavy, that's gross. It's not good back there, right? Ask if there are any cords, if you're whether you can see them or not, and make the intention of you know pull those cords, pull those cords. Don't just um, snip them. Some people like to snip them. You want to pull it like you're like you're weeding a garden. So. The backside of your solar plexus will be super, super telling to where and who you're giving your power away. So if you have a big, massive cord coming out the backside of your solar plexus and it's to your mom or maybe even your partner, then that tells you at least, you know, where an area in your life that you're giving your power away. Because what happens, so the way, the the correlation and the, the way that doing the healing work in the way of like, you've got your inner child work and then your programming and changing those behaviors in your day to day life. And then the overlap with the energy. When we clear energy out, so maybe you, maybe you, you heal your solar plexus chakra, you, you pull out all of the, the, the yucky energy, the, the black, the low vibrational, the heavy, the yuck, right? And, and you leave it and your, your solar plexus is gray. And then a week later, you check it again and you're like, holy crap, it looks the same again. This happens all the time. And this is why also you can't do energy work alone without doing the actual deeper shadow work. Energy work is just a band-aid if you're not doing the deeper work. Because what the energy that is flowing into your solar plexus, that's filling it up with all this gnarly, gross, heavy energy, if you're not addressing the root cause of that, which could be cord with your mother, it could be uh, trauma from childhood, it could be stuff from past lives. Or a combination of all of them. If you're not addressing the reasons and you're not making changes in your day to day life, the energy is always going to come back. So you kind of have to do them in tandem. And the time, the time when you heal your solar plexus chakra and then it looks all sparkly and, and good and it feels real light and it feels real good and you feel like you have this burst of energy, it will last when you've done the deeper work. And the energy feeding that is no longer feeding it. You always have to get to the root cause. Or it's literally just a Band-Aid. So you can't just constantly go to an energy healer and let them heal you over and over and over. It's it's a Band-Aid. It's a waste of money. And it's extremely disempowering because you're not doing the work, right? Okay. So in my opinion, from what I have seen and how I've worked with people the number one thing that keeps us in a disempowered place is staying in victimhood. So when we go and we do our shadow work and we do all of these things, we are likely going to find areas where perhaps we were a victim of something, of maybe not even an intentional thing, but we were a victim. You know, and it can be something super severe to actual physical abuse to something small like a minor comment that was made that just happened to hit you the right way in the right time or I guess the wrong way in the wrong time. Some people, and we all know those people, that all they do is complain. I just have bad luck. The world is against me. You know, they did this to me and they did that to me and everything is woe is me and everything is negative and everything is this person did this to me and they did this to me and it's not fair and poor me, poor me, poor victim me, right? We cannot be in that place and stand in our power. Every time that you are in woe is me land, you're giving your power away to the thing that is woe is you, right? It is, it is the most disempowering thing. So the best way to take your power back is to in the areas where you are the victim. And first off, I want to clarify part of the healing process is Sometimes acknowledging and accepting that you were a victim of XYZ, right? It, you, if you don't acknowledge that you were a victim, you can't necessarily heal what happened, right? So part of the healing process is the acknowledgement and acceptance that in this moment, in this uh, experience, you played the role of the victim. But 10 years later, Five years later, a year, depending on what it is and how long it's taking you to really heal it, you should not still be identifying as a victim. If you, if one of your identities is a victim, and you know, that could be in a lot of areas, it could be related to even race, gender, you know, things like that. If you are identifying yourself as a victim, that is the epitome of giving your power away. Because what that means is, I have no control over this thing the perpetrator you know whether the perp- the perpetrator may be society right or you know it could be an abuser when you were a kid or it could be your mother that you know did or said something that you know she didn't mean to actually do you know harm to you you're giving your power to that perpetrator because you're not owning you're not owning who you are you, we have to take accountability so, you might be thinking, well, I was a victim. Why the fuck should I be the one being held accountable? So if you're feeling, if you still feel that kind of rage boil up in you when I say that, when I say take accountability for where you were the victim, if it pisses you off, then that's something you need to work through the healing process of that. Because When you can find yourself in a place of being accountable to the areas where you were the victim, and it doesn't piss you off, and it empowers you, right? that's when you know you're on the other side of it. Because when you can be accountable, then the control is back in your hands. You're not giving your power away. You're taking your power back. Right? If you're if you are accountable for the things that happen in your life, that means that you chose it. They didn't choose that for you. You chose it. So you have to remember, you choose we choose these experiences for a reason. And I understand some things are extremely severe, right? Child abuse. Not something we necessarily want to think about or talk about. And you might be thinking, well, I sure as shit did not choose to get abused as a child. However, you did. Before you incarnated, you chose that probably to clear some karma from a past life. But we choose to have these experiences. We have a balance between being the perpetrator and being the victim in a lot of our past lives and future lives and and just incarnations in general for the sake of experience and to know what it feels like to be on both ends of the duality, right? It's it's dualistic. We can't always be the victim, Right. So, if you can if you can f- look at your traumas and you can look at the places where you were a victim and you can say, what did this teach me? What did I learn? And it's not just sarcastic stuff like, oh, people are assholes or don't trust people. I'm talking true, like, enlightened th- thoughts and beliefs and like, what did this teach me? What lessons did I learn from this experience, right? You know, how did this shape me? You know, things like that. And when you can say, okay, it's okay that that happened to me. It's okay that I I did play the role of victim, but I'm not a victim now, right? Are you a victim now? No. So, if we can be accountable for the things that happen in our lives, instead of blaming everybody else, again, I'm not downplaying severe trauma by any means, but If there's there's a takeaway, find the takeaway and move past it. Move out of the victimhood and come out on top, right? You didn't survive this thing that you were a victim of to stay in victimhood and miserable for the rest of your life. When you are just staying miserable for the rest of your life because of something that happened to you, you're giving your power away to your trauma, Right? To, to, to be standing in our power means we're accountable and we, we are trusting ourselves and, and we're not letting other things dictate other people, other situations, traumas, past experiences dictate how we act and how we move forward in our day to day life. When we're allowing those things to dictate our actions, our thoughts, we're giving our power away to it. So the more we're identifying as a victim, the more we are giving our power away to the situation and the perpetrator. And so we have to heal past the victimhood. We have to get past, woe is me. Sure, you can have a bad day and you can have a, a little pity party for yourself, but you can't stay there, right? So we have to move out of victimhood. And wherever you find yourself identifying as a victim is a major 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 red flag of an area where you, we need to do some healing and so that we can take our power back, right? Okay. So we recognize the areas we're giving our power away. We do our healing, we take our body back, our power back. And let's but then we embody it, right? We embody the the confidence, right? And sometimes, you know, when you do the healing and now you're trying to really, like, you know, you've taken your power back and now it's like, well, how how is this supposed to feel? Like, what do I do with it? Like, it feels foreign if you've been giving your power away your whole life. And so some kind of like tips or maybe hacks that you can use that I've used, some, you know, one can be channeling an archetype, Right say you have like sexual trauma that affected your confidence, your self-esteem, your body image. You feel, you know, uncomfortable in sexual situations and you you just want to feel confident. You just want to feel sexy, right? You're working through it. You you're starting to feel better about the way you look. And you just want to embody that confidence, right? And, you know, in, in, in a sexual area, right? You want to give your partner the confident version of you, right? You can channel the siren energy, the siren archetype, right? That's that empowered, sexual, sensual femininity, right? Obviously, this is more if you're a female, um, So, find the different archetypes that are the epitome of what you want to embody and choose to channel those things, right? You know, especially, you know, around the scenarios when you're usually triggered into feeling not confident or, you know, reverting back to old ways or old thoughts, if you are going into a situation so say maybe you give your power away to your mother. And you've worked a lot on it a lot and you're doing you've done the inner child work and you've pulled cords and you've done a lot of the work. Okay, so you you're going to hang out with your mom. Be proactive about it, right? Um, be firm with your boundaries, right? Do some work on your solar plexus before you even go, right? It's like give your, give your solar plexus a little tune up and almost give yourself a little pep talk and say, no, I am, I am going to be firm with my boundaries, you know, make your, you know, get your solar plexus in a good way so that you're feeling it and you can embody the confidence at the peak of its energy, right? Okay, another thing you can do is you can connect with your higher self in a way to intentionally almost like put your ego to the side and connect with your higher self to see yourself from this objective lens. It is so much easier to see yourself in the way other people see you when you are looking almost objectively from this kind of higher perspective, almost down on yourself. And you're like, oh my God, like she is beautiful. Why would she ever say that or think that? Right. It's kind of like, um, you know, the, when people say, you know, don't say something to yourself that you wouldn't say to your best friend. Right. You wouldn't tell your best friend, like she's too ugly to wear that outfit. You know what I mean? So it's, it's like similar to that, but it's connecting with your higher self saying, okay, I'm going to leave my ego behind. I'm choosing to connect with my higher self, almost, you know, float up above and just kind of look down on yourself in the situation. And you might start to see yourself from a different perspective that allows you to feel more confident and to embody your personal power. Again, another thing, just regular energetic maintenance, checking to see if you have cords that need to be pulled, checking your chakra, all of your chakras, not just your solar plexus, because a lot of things go hand in hand, right? If you have a trauma and a certain, you know, maybe sexual trauma, you know, that's in your sacral. If you have, you know, uh, childhood trauma, that's also in your root chakra. So there's a lot of overlap. So it's not necessarily just that one chakra, But do your energetic hygiene, right? Go listen to the whole episode on energetic hygiene and create your own routine to keep, you know, keep everything in a good place. Uh, Another thing you can do is you can connect with other versions of yourself. So it could be past versions. It could be future versions. Make the intention of, you know, good, you know, versions of yourself where you were standing in your power where you were confident, where you were doing your thing. And when you start to see, wow, like, I did that. I was this badass healer in this past life. Or, you know, I was this amazingly loving being who just shared so much love and compassion with the world. And when you start to see and feel the energy of of other versions of you who very much stood in your power... And then embody that, right? The easiest thing to embody are other aspects of you. In fact, some of them are begging for you to embody them. So connect with, make those, make that intention. And this can be through meditation before you're falling asleep at night. Say, Hey, I want to connect with the most empowered version of myself. I want to connect and I want to embody it and I want to feel what it feels like and see what it looks like and hear what it sounds like. All of it. You know, it can also, when you're starting to wake up in the morning, that, you know, if you struggle with meditation and connecting to spirit, when you're first waking up in the morning can be a really good time because you're still kind of in that in between space. So, you know, there's limitless ways that we can choose to connect you know whether it's through meditation or even writing you know you could write write a letter to your you know empowered self and then do some automatic writing back to yourself right there's so many different things we can do to kind of channel and embody these empowered versions of ourselves okay so at the end of the day one of our biggest struggles just as a human species is taking our power back and standing in our power but when we do that again we can trust in ourselves in the universe. We can surrender, which allows us to manifest. We, we believe in ourselves and we, we can create whatever we want. And at the end of the day, we're happy. We feel good. We feel fulfilled because we're operating from a healthy, loving, empowered place and not from victimhood, not from our trauma and, and not from other people's needs above our own. All right. So I hope that this was good and helpful to somebody out there and a few minutes.